Yo, you are not going to want to go anywhere today. Today, we got Michael Morgan here on the podcast. He's a serial entrepreneur and coach of jujitsu. We also dove so deep in this on the mentality, the mindset of business and how it translates when you do combat sports, you know, and being able to parallel those two of one, you know, being able to get into that Zen place and being able to ultimately accomplish what you need to do by overcoming those obstacles. So definitely in this case, jujitsu has a lot of similarities um, to business. And it was awesome learning from Michael the way that he conducted his business and he was able to start, you know, becoming a serial entrepreneur. So this is an amazing episode. Y'all going to want to stick around. Definitely some bombs that were dropped on this episode. So you can definitely learn those tools to rekindle that flame and be able to attack after your dreams. Let's get it, guys. Have you ever wondered why winners keep on winning? When you look at those people and all they seem to do is win, when they find ways to win, when things get tough, that's the winner's paradigm. The winner's paradigm is simply recalibrating your mindset so you can achieve everything you dream of, your definition of success in life. On this podcast, we interview those winners. We ask them how they got their wins. We talk about trauma. We talk about adversity. We talk about work ethic. We talk about lessons learned. So you guys can have those tools to be able to recalibrate your mindset. My name is Alundis Havens. I am your podcast host and the founder of The Winner's Paradigm. I'm going to be taking this to new heights so I can be able to show you guys exactly what it looks like when you detail your journey and be able to get those answers from people who have been there and done that. This is The Winner's Paradigm. Let's get this. Mike, thank you for coming on the show, brother. Um, it was really an honor to be able to learn about you through Paul Tokazulu. He's talked about you being his jujitsu coach and i wanted to take that time to get you on the show you know i know you're a serial entrepreneur as well so just to be able to learn from you and learn about you know who you are where you came from and kind of your mission today so with further ado brother would you mind giving us a brief introduction of who you are you know where where you are today yeah yeah well um my name is of course michael morgan um i own fitness centers throughout missouri i used to be a high school history teacher for 10 years and that's um, awesome I got a pretty interesting story how I broke out of that and um, got into um, building a business and entrepreneurship. So <clears throat> I own um, we're going in on nine uh, fitness facilities in Missouri. We're trying to build one to two um, per year. Um, I also own um, a, 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 a pretty large vacation home in Branson, and we're wanting to expand um, on the real estate side. Um, I do jujitsu. Um, our common our common friend, Paul. Um, he's a good friend of mine and, um, I, I'm his instructor. I'm a black belt under, um, UFC fighter, James Krause. And, um, mm -hmm. yeah, um, I've been doing jujitsu for 16 years. Um, my life pretty much consists of my family, jujitsu and, and my businesses. So I'm always traveling. That, that is awesome, brother. And, th and that's a great life right there. I myself, when I was younger, um, I did jujitsu for about a little over a year and a half, I believe. And awesome. um, yeah. I, I loved it. I wish I would have stuck with it. But the problem was, is I was like nine at the time and I started doing mm -hmm. baseball. And then from mm -hmm. there, it was my dad was like, hey, you're going to do this sport. So I went wrestling and yeah. further on. Uh, but when I got older, that was when I started wrestling. And then I had some friends that were always in jujitsu, two guys yeah. that were like, doing MMA and, and we were like in junior high, you know, and they were just badasses yeah. every day. We're, we're going at it, you know, and, and always trying to get mm -hmm. me in Kimuras and, and whatever, you know, and I'm like, you can break my arm. I'm not tapping. And he's like, okay. <laughs> so he got me in a triangle choke one day and choked me out. And I thought that was the funniest thing ever um, <laughs> yeah. because I was like, 
I was just playing with them. I was like, yeah, you can just choke me out. I'm going to wake up. So it's going to be fine. But um, I just wanted to see first with that, you know, starting the the nine fitness um, facilities you have and how you guys said you want to start making one or two a year more. Yeah. Could you just talk about kind of the background to that, you know, the mm -hmm. specifics on actually starting it? Because I know it's a lot to be able to start a fitness center and people don't realize right. how much goes into it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I got to really back up. So this might be a little bit long winded, but um, I did not do well in high school. I was not a great high school student. And I thought that it was because I wasn't smart. It's because you're testing me on a level that I didn't have any interest in. Right. So um, I was never. Yeah. School never pushes you towards entrepreneurship or starting a business. They have business classes in college, which are very limited because if you're teaching a business class in college, I have no idea how you have enough time to run a business. Maybe that's possible, but I think you almost have to just jump into it. So I, I asked a teacher what I should do with my life. And of course, surprise, surprise, they told me to become a teacher, right? So I was a history teacher typical. for 10 years. Yeah, typical. I was a history teacher for 10 years. And one day I just put, came home and um, told my wife, I said, I want to do something else. And I had just gotten to be tenured and um, and uh, everyone thought I was crazy. But I talked my parents into going in half on a fitness center, a large fitness center up by St. Louis. And awesome. um, we still own it today. Um, but I don't I bought my parents out. But um, they thought I was crazy. And the favorite story that I got is I was working the bus duty and I walked up with an envelope with my resignation letter in in it. And I handed it to my principal and she said, what's this? And I said, it's a resignation letter. I bought a business and she handed it back to me. And she said, you better hang on to this because most businesses fail and you're going to be coming right back here to ask me for a job. And it made me lit a fire under me where I thought I'll do anything, right? I will do anything. And, um, and so, yeah, we just um, we started with business and then um, we, we started with one. It started with another. And, um, you know, uh, we just decided to expand it. But that doesn't mean that we didn't dang near file bankruptcy a couple of times. We had some bad years like 2008 was a bad year. Um, mm -hmm. The fitness industry can be up and down, of course, um, as a lot of people know. But, um, man, it's 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 just it's about taking a risk. I started my first TR Fitness with eight hundred dollars in the bank. I had eight hundred dollars and I went and. Um, approached a woman and she said, I'll lease you this space, but it's $900. And I told her, I said, can I pay eight this month and see if I have enough for next month? And she said, yeah, but I need nine next month. And I just irked it out and we just slowly grew them as we go. And now um, we have them all throughout, um, all throughout uh, Missouri, you know? That, that is awesome, brother. And I'm going to make my way over there eventually. Um, so yeah. I would love to, you know, check one of those out, you know, definitely because I got to go meet you. I got to meet Paul firsthand. Yeah. Just thank you guys. But no, yeah. that is awesome. You know, are you located in St. Louis? Is that where you're at? No, no, no. I'm in California, brother. I'm about an hour north of San Diego. Okay, right. I'm from California originally, the valley. Okay, what what part? Um, Visalia Tulare area in there. Okay. You know, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a different world where you're at. Absolutely. I'm actually from Fresno originally, and then I went to school okay. in Kingsburg. So I was familiar with Visalia as well. Yeah, for sure. It's grown a lot, man. Are they letting oh, you do definitely. anything out there? Are they locking that place down? Uh, I know back there it was a little bit tougher, like COVID wise. Um, mm -hmm. 
what? My wife went down like two weeks ago. And then I think the last time I went with her was like two or three months ago. And it wasn't as okay. bad. Um, you, you know how it is over there. There's You have yeah. to be doing something, you know? So it's like yeah. always trying to go out. And it was one of For those. Sure. Um, but I find that well, awesome, brother. That's small world. Small world. And I'll tell you what, I got some pretty good COVID stories. They tried to shut me down here in Missouri. And we just weren't having it. And um, I ended up um, having, so I I had basically four locations before COVID. So this tells you, as soon as COVID hit, we kicked uh-huh. it in full gear. When everybody else was clamming up, we decided that go. we were going to build. build it, we've we're going on our fifth gym after COVID, and we only had four before COVID. So when everybody else is running scared, we decided that we we're going to take advantage of the situation. So we had a location um, up by St. Louis that they tried to shut down and we refused to shut down. They had smoke shops open. They had daycares open, but all of a sudden the one place that will make you healthier, they wanted to shut down and we refused and um, we threatened to sue them and they allowed us to be open in another one up by Springfield that we had, they shut us down for two weeks. So I sued the city and um, sent them, um, sent them the lawsuit papers and they called me and wanted to open me back up because they got smoke shops open and everybody else, they were picking and choosing the winners and the losers. Exactly. So I think in, um, just to kind of jump into um, business, I think you have to look at business almost like war. I don't think you can be a nice person all the time. I think that um, I, it feeds too many people. You know, I have, I have managers, I have their wives, I've got their kids. Everybody's attached to TR fitness and what we do. Um, You have to fight for that. And just to have someone shut you down with no scientific proof that it's going to do anyone any good, um, we just weren't having that. So you got to treat it like war, you know? Absolutely. And and I love how you bring up that point, you know, from that perspective, because I went through the same thing. San Diego went through that when it first happened with COVID. They were like, you got to wear the mask into the gym. And um, I, I lost motivation. Normally, I'm in the gym five, six days a week. I love it. Mm-hmm. But personally, I was like, I'm not wearing this because you start sweating. It chokes up against your mouth um, and then you can't breathe. You know, so it was one of those where I was like, I'm not doing this to now where I'm in Marietta. They don't even care mm-hmm. out here. You know, they're, they're they have yeah. a, they'll tell you, but no one cares. So you just do your thing. And I love that so much more, you know, where it was like, this is my place. Sure. You know, um, I was also in the Marine Corps as well. So that's one okay. of the places where I'm able to just decompress is, you know, I get in the gym, yeah. doesn't matter what's going through my head, um, able to just hone in, you know, on myself, work on it. And that was something I've always done. But what's funny as well as I actually wanted to talk about the psychological warfare in business now, but mm-hmm. kind of learn those or excuse me, explain those lessons from how you being a jujitsu instructor, a black belt, you know, you're able to take all those lessons you learned there, especially instructing in the business practicalities, and then being able now to show other people, you know, and obviously you've seen the growth. So I just want to see if you can touch up a little on that, you know, and show how mentally it prepared you for business, like you said, to come after it when times get tough. Yeah. um, You know, jujitsu, I started in 2006. And um, to put that in perspective, the ultimate fighter came on in 2005, I believe. So um, Mm -hmm. it was really um, early on and um, it kind of had a negative connotation behind it as far as um, mixed martial arts, but jujitsu didn't, but we were doing more the mixed martial art jujitsu, less traditional. And I think that, um, I think I've always lived my life 
in the future, like thinking five years ahead. And I think that really helps me with business because I'm never content where most people will put 10%, 20% of their earnings away to um, reinvest it in the business. Me and my wife, we're like 70% that we've dropped right back in. I mean, we, that's awesome. We, I'll, I'll live in an RV. I'm willing to do anything to beat the competition. Right. So um, I think that jujitsu allows you to um, understand that there's going to be a, um, a grind to it. Like in jujitsu, like in basketball, I used Absolutely. to play basketball. Um, you were an athlete. I could pass the ball and I could always come up with a reason why it was the other guy's fault. Right. You didn't catch exactly. the ball or you didn't give me a bad pass. Jiu-jitsu, there's no one to blame it on. So it's just you. And um, that's the only time. The reason I really have kept doing jujitsu at the level, because I do it four days a week. I've never quit for 16 years. And the that's reason awesome. I really do jujitsu is because it, it's the only time in my life where my brain will be in that moment and be in the present. And I think that you have to have that. So I think that there's twofold here. I think that there are people who they live in the present and they enjoy life. They're always partying. They're always the the, the fun people to be around. And um, they're going to have problems with long-term growth and, and setting goals and sticking with them long-term. But then there's a person like me who I'm a long-term guy that I'm always setting goals and I'm trying to reach them. Every day I wake up trying to be better and reach those goals. But then I have problems unwinding and being a complete person to be around because I don't live in that moment, you know, and I, and I, I think you need both for sure. And I think jujitsu helps you do that. A absolutely brother. And, and great answer again. Um, what's funny is, and also to bring this to light, I injured my right knee when I was in the Marine Corps. I tore the majority of the cartilage on it. I'm still battling mm -hmm. it. I got to get a second surgery on it. But what was mm -hmm. funny was me and my wife actually said that was, hey, we're going to start jujitsu whenever I get healthy. So that's one yeah. of the things that kind of motivated me because back then in high school, I wrestled um, and one of my good buddies was doing jujitsu at the time. And it was just me and him going at it all the time. And, and like I said, you know, psychological warfare, it's honing in on that, you know, and it was like, I'm yeah. cutting weight. My problem was um, my sophomore or excuse me, my freshman year, I went to D1 school and it was just like my second year. So it was tough, you know, get him ass kicked every single day because um, oh, yeah. these guys are like state champs. I went to a couple. I went to school with a couple guys that, you know, went to big D1 universities, placed nationals, you know, they're in Olympic teams. So it was cool, you know, being around that problem was I wasn't there, you know, so I went to a Moved back with my mom, went to a D school my sophomore year, caught a little bit of traction, did better. My junior year started throwing everybody around because I started nice. lifting the weights more, you know, yeah. um, actually focusing in on my strengths because I'm more strength versus technique technique, yeah. and then try to learn that technique after. But I cut too much weight. So it was always, you know, my senior year, I knew what I was doing. And I tried to tell my coach, I was like, hey, I'm not feeling it because I knew 160, I can throw anybody around. I'm only, I was only five, I think I was like five, 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 seven at the time. And um, everybody was at least six foot, six, two, six, three, but I liked yeah. it because I was stronger at that weight. And then when I went down, that's where it was tough was before like my sophomore year, junior year, I would cut crazy weight, 25 pounds in a week, you know, three days, 20 pounds, just starving myself to where when I hit my senior year yeah. that hit the, the wall. And I'd say now, you know, that's definitely something that taught me what resiliency is because I was hurting, you know, physically. And then you got to look at that other person. You're like, this man's going to beat you any way yeah. possible if you don't step it up. So it brought into yeah. when I got into the Marine Corps, um, I was doing Marine Corps martial arts. 
they do a lot of jujitsu in there as in like grappling and and so forth and um i had to go with a female sergeant one day and it was kind of funny same situation she got me in a triangle choke and i would like always throw everybody around or would be on the ground and i would start picking them up and they're like don't do that that's not what we do here <laughs> and and she gets me in a triangle choke and i'm like oh and then they're like nope and she just starts choking me out and i'm like okay i'm cool and then uh, there was another time as well in there someone had me what in a in a guillotine and i was just like seeing colors you know days oh, going sure. towards it knocking out and all I feel is someone just like stick their nails. And it was like another girl because what we're doing is like four people on two, four on one, trying to see, you know, who could take you down. And um, this girl put her, like her arm in and luckily she ripped my head out and like scratched the hell out of my neck. But I was so happy yeah. because I was like churning colors, you know, like red passing out. I'm yeah. like, all right, damn, this shit's for real. <laughs> well, you've already done the hard part by wrestling. Wrestling, exactly. wrestling is kind of – there's a lot of technique in wrestling. I completely understand that because we do bits and pieces of wrestling. But wrestling is right. a little bit more of taking what you want or taking what you can. Jiu-jitsu is a little bit more of making you're, – you're doing a little bit of that, but you're also hitting these T's in the road, I call them, to where you go, I'm going to make this person make a decision. In wrestling, I think there's less of that. So uh -huh. if you can win the wrestling with jiu-jitsu – you have a killer. Like if if like I have a seminar coming up at my school with a D1 wrestler who's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. This dude, and he's been in the UFC. He's so good. And um, he's a monster because he can out-wrestle me and he can out-jiu-jitsu me or, or keep up with me for sure. So he's beating me. So if you got oh. both of those and you can turn the switch on and off, man, you're a dangerous guy. That's that's in the future of, you know, once I fix my knee, what I would like to do, because that was one thing, you know, I remember as a kid doing it, I had so much fun. And then, you know, definitely wrestling honed in on that mindset. One of my buddies, he was good. He was good in jujitsu, but he was real defensive and he wanted to be on his back. Obviously, wrestling, that's not the sport to be on your back because then you lose. Um, yeah. So it was always me and him going at it. So he would be like, all right, you know, well, then let's grapple. And I'd be like, oh, shit, you know, and, and normally with me in wrestling, it was kind of funny was I would be defensive and I would just like try to do throws, try to do whatever, you know, and go around from shooting. And this guy would like take me to the ground and then just start yeah. beating me up. And I'm like, damn, I got to I got to step my game up. So that it's awesome, terrifying though. because how, how old are you? Uh, 24 now. OK, so I'm 45. So whenever I was young there wasn't jujitsu like i remember watching the first one with hoist gracie and i went to school and i go you gotta check this dude out this mexican guy is killing everybody and, and, exactly. and he was brazilian i didn't even know but um it was always the most aggressive guy in school um the biggest guy in school you don't know who to mess with now like i've got guys 125 pounds i was just saying last night we got a fight camp for like six eight guys that are fighting next month and I told them, I go, if someone sees them and messes with them at a gas station, they're going to they're not going to believe what's going to happen. Everyone's dangerous. Absolutely. Uh -huh. Yeah. You can't look at someone and tell anymore. And I think that's what you could do that to a certain extent when I was younger. You know, oh, I 100 percent agree with that. Um, what's funny two part real quick. I actually almost met Hoist Gracie. I went to one of his um, yeah. jujitsu facilities out in Fresno. And what was funny oh, cool. is the week I stopped for baseball, he actually went that same week over there. Oh, and I wanted really? to, I wanted to meet him because they were talking, yeah. I, don't, I believe, I'm not sure if it was him or his brother, but one of them, mm. when they were competing one time, they bit their tongue off 
because oh. um, something happened. They didn't have a mouthpiece in and they bit the tongue off. And I used to do that. I'd bite my lip open, bite my tongue off, you know, and they were like, hey, you need to stop doing that because you can like you can bite it off, you know, and it was one of the yeah. things that wrestling, I did that all the time, busted my lip on the ground, you know, coming off the mat. So it was one of those that was funny as a lesson back then that contributed when I got older. And then that For second sure. part. Um, oh, uh, shoot, I lost that train of thought. But yeah. I definitely, no, I've you know. Met, I've met him before. He's a good dude. That's awesome, brother. Yeah, yeah. I saw him at, hey, uh, just super short story. I saw, I was at some fights with him and I had I was cornering a guy and we were warming up in the hallway and I looked and Hoist Gracie's walking towards us. And I didn't say anything to him. He walks, makes a beeline for me, sticks his hand out, and he goes, hi, I'm Hoist Gracie. It's nice to meet you. And I go, yeah, I know who you are, man. I'm a fan of yours. And he said, yeah. He goes, and he asked me, he goes, you want to take a picture? And I didn't ask That's him. Awesome. I go, well, yeah. And uh, he, it's just like he knew. So well, I got a pretty good picture with him and stuff. And he was greeting everybody. And he was a he was a really nice guy, meeting everybody, walking around. Um, so it, it was cool meeting him, you know. That that is awesome, brother, and and I definitely, you know, could see both sides that. And and what's funny is I coached a little bit back then too, you know, with the younger kids. So one thing I learned, you know, with coaching is just seeing kind of like the full process of teaching. And I know for me, I was definitely that tough one that couldn't grasp room concept. Um, now I, I get to use that that terrible analogy. I'm a marine, so you need to break shit down for me. Maybe draw a <laughs> picture, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or I'm that yeah. one that you're going through the techniques. Hey, could you do that again? They're like, I just showed you four times. I'm like, yeah, but I actually got to see it and then I got to do it and I got to have you correct me, you know? So, but you're doing awesome. what you have right now is you've already been through the fire. Like, you don't, you don't become a Marine by not um, being able to go through the fire. You don't go into wrestling at any level without being able to go through the fire. That's the stuff that people have to develop. Normal people have to develop the learning. Then basically you go, and this gets into another philosophy of how you learn jujitsu. I was so um, fortunate to link up with James Krause, who we have very similar ways, how we teach or how we do things. Um, it's very open-minded. Like James says all the time, like um, I'm like, is this wrong? He goes, well, I mean, does it work? Like you don't get a lot of people that say stuff like that. So I think that's that there true. are people who learn in a very traditional structured sort of way, whether it be business, whether it be jujitsu, wrestling, whatever. And then there's other people that go, listen, what you're doing um, isn't fundamentally correct, but um, if it quits working, you probably need, because there is consequences to what you're doing. And that's how we kind of do. Like I don't try to make people mean. I, I have people like Marshall Kemp. Um, and Ross Campbell, they're my um, brown belts that Marshall might awesome. might be going to the UFC at some point soon. And um, he's very talented. And I don't try to change a lot of stuff. Sometimes we'll just sit and I'll go, you'll do this. Why are you doing that? And he'll tell me and it'll make perfect sense. And I'll go, okay, I got it. Like if that quits working, you need to pay attention because this is plausible if you keep doing this. So just how you learn about, um, and that gets kind of back into business, kind of looping this around. Um, talking about how people in school, they never taught you about business. They don't know. Any, you cannot be an employee your whole life. I was one and know very much about business. So there's nobody in a school system that can teach you like just walking around with a hungry entrepreneur that's willing to do anything. 
Like I talked to banks, I have meeting with banks all the time. I had to just be thrown in the fire. No one said, hey, listen, you need to talk to them about not having an early payoff penalty. You need to know what the APR is going to be. You know what, need to know what a good APR is. You, know, you need to know what amortization um, you need. You need to know how to um, crowdfund. You need to know how to do all this stuff. You almost have to just be thrown in the fire just like wrestling or jujitsu and figure it out on your own. So some people are going to be really good at that. Some people are not so much so. You, you make you make a damn good point there, you know, of, of throwing yourself in the fire, finding it out there. Um, and actually, I, I remembered what I was trying to say earlier. You brought up a point of you don't know who you're messing with. Um, I actually had that happen to me multiple times. I mean, definitely in Fresno, because everywhere you go, you're a target over there. Certain places, they're looking at you. But it was funny as I had a party one night and one of my cousin's uh, boyfriends, who's no longer with us, but it was funny. I never liked this guy. He's just one of those gets drunk, starts talking shit. And I was yeah. holding him that day. He was he was running his mouth and I was just like, choke him out or leave him alone. You know, and I was like, you know what? Let's be the nice guy. Let's let's give this dude a break. So I let him go. And one of my buddies is like five, three, but he's a little stocky guy. And um, yeah. what he didn't know is that dude was like state four times state qualifier he wrestled since he was like three years old all he knows is that so he runs up to this dude and my boy just like hits him and he just starts stumbling you know and i'm like why the fuck would you run to that dude like that's the one guy out of anybody here you don't touch because that's my partner for practice he kicks my ass yeah. every single day and i'm bigger than him you know i was you I, I, yeah like i was <laughs> i was what 40 I was 30, 40 pounds heavier than this guy. And I was just like intimidated because every single time yeah. I knew like he's faster. He has a technique. He's going to beat me. Mm -hmm. I would stop certain things and I'm like, ha, getting a little cocky. Boom. You know, or it was yeah. we're, we're working on our feet, hand fighting. One time I hit him hard and I don't even realize I don't realize my strength, you know, so I just boom, hit him in the back of the neck trying to create an angle. And he thought yeah. I punched him in the face. So he starts coming at me and I'm laughing and the coach is looking at us and he's like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, I hit him in the back of the neck. He thinks I punched him in the face. So like they had to separate us and we go back at it. And it was it was a good time, but it was a great learning experience. You know, it's like, yeah, hey, you don't know what you're doing until you do it and then you got to handle it. So I really love how you you implemented that. And then from there, we talked about, you know, being thrown into the fire. Um, I did the same thing when I first learned about business. I was in the Marine Corps. The day I got promoted my second year to E4, um, that was where I was in a leadership position, became my own boss. And it was like taking all those experiences prior to and then turning it into that position. Right. And it was something that I didn't think of. You know, traditionally, you think, oh, when you get in a room full of people that are, you know, have done things, it's going to be easy. You know, you can be able to talk, but I still had to prove myself. I had to find techniques, you know, be able to pitch. And I was pitching to my commanding officer and he's like, hey, why isn't this shit getting done? And I had to let him know is, hey, so-and-so is not doing this. He's like, well, what happened? You know what? I fucking sent an email out for training. This man deleted it. Yeah. I had the read receipt on. I printed it and showed it. You know, So next time I went in that meeting, he looked at me. I knew that he was doing it on purpose because this guy was avoiding me. And I was just like, hey, yeah. you know, this staff sergeant didn't want to do what he had to do. This is why we're not done with training. Please let me know when you want to come see me and we can make this happen. And it was kind of that moment that it clicked for me, just like, you know, in, in jujitsu wrestling, whenever it clicks for you and you realize this, hey, you know, there's more pieces yeah. to the puzzle. This isn't just a learning technique. It's a lifestyle with it. You know, you got to continually grow with it. When shit gets yeah. hard, that's when you double down. Because um, I know definitely, you know, there was times at one point in time I was running 16 miles a day, 
to be able to lose weight. And that was the worst thing I've, I could have done. Don't recommend it. Yeah. Definitely not yeah. healthy. Um, yeah. But yeah, the shin splints, everything. I thought my legs were going to break one day. And it was just one of those was like, it, it humbles you every single time. Just like when, when you get on the mat, like you said, you know, when you get your ass kicked and you're like, oh, I thought I was so much better than what I was, but it's just somebody knows more. You know, like you said, that other guy may have been wrestling jujitsu so he can be able to take you in certain positions versus, you know, what, what you're good at. He has an extra step. So for me, it was learning that yeah. and then applying it to the business sense. Definitely now with the podcast, you know, honing in on that. Yeah, good. So, and you so need people s- that can give you some. Um, you need the right people who you trust. You need the you need a good instructor for jujitsu or a good mentor in business, or you need a good partner that can go. I'll tell you why um, a lot of my guys have gotten so good. I tell them everything I know, and then once they get so good, I can't help them. I'm trying to get Marshall, for example. I'm trying to send him up to Kansas City where James Krause is, and all a bunch of That's UFC awesome. guys are fighting. And I go, guys. Like I've done all I can. Like you got to be truthful, people, and go, guys. You're ready for the next step that I never made it to, and I never aspired to make it to. So rolling with somebody who is your friend that can stop you and go, stop. If you put this leg here, I'm stuck. So I'm trying to keep you from doing this. You're trying to do this. You can learn at an excelled rate. The problem is a lot of people in jujitsu are at schools to where it's overly competitive, where um, you really run off a lot of the people who could have been good but just needed needed. Um, kind of coddled a little bit to learn a little bit before you broke their spirit, right? Like I was one of those that I didn't need that. I was going to get mad and I was going to keep coming back and trying to prove myself. But there's a lot of people that they're, they're going to be animals, but you just have to, you have to just kind of um, coddle them a little bit to let them, let them learn a little bit before you break them down. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's really important who is your instructors and, and the way they instruct. So um, with James, man, like I said, we just kind of lucked out because we both, like when he talks to me, man, he, he's very blunt about stuff. And uh, uh, he's a great instructor. And I just kind of try to emulate him a little bit when I instruct, um, not tell people there's one way because I don't believe in that. And um, uh, just kind of give people corrections. But you also have to understand that there are people who you can correct in a very gruff manner. And then there's people that you exactly. can take off the side. And, and sometimes you can say the worst things to people, but if you say, Hey, like you can say, I'll take a bullet for you or dude, I love you to death, but, and you can finish that sentence however you want, but you've already laid the groundwork that I'm only telling you this because I care about you. And then you can be as rough and gruff and they appreciate that. Um, there's, there's something in society today that where people are not um, true. Like nobody wants to offend anybody. And, um, and that's just not reality, you know? That, that is well said. And I can relate to that on a personal level. Um, when I was training some guys, when I was in, it was one of those totally different personalities. One of them, he was one of those, you know, you tell him anything, he shuts down. Hey, I may have just lost you. Okay. We better. Mike, you still there? All right, better, Mike. Perfect. So you're able to hear me now. Fix this. So, so what I was saying there um, was was both of my guys were totally different. You know, it was one of them was sensitive. Perfect. Was sensitive. 
So, so one of them was sensitive to where I couldn't tell them anything. Um, and I, and I went the wrong way, you know, I went to, Hey brother, this is what we need to do versus learning his actual style. And then there's mm-hmm. me that you can literally tell me anything. You could tell me, shut the fuck up. I don't, I don't give a shit what you're going to tell me two minutes later. Yeah. I'm going to be like, Hey bro, you want to go get some ice cream? And it was one of those yeah. where that was good for me. But the reason why I'm that way, my dad as a kid, you know, I would lose what the fuck are you doing? And just drilling into me. So whenever somebody came at me that way, I already knew how to respond. And I love how you said that, you know, people learn at different wavelengths. They ha- yeah. you have to treat them differently, you know, based on the way they learn that's tough in business and in life, you know? Um, yeah. And, and it's up to the coach in order to try to figure that out because um, I have people that um, in between rounds, um, when we do a MMA fight, I have to yell and I have to evoke emotions, but then I've got guys that if you try to evoke too much emotion, it, it emotionally tires them out. And you don't want to do that. I was always one that you needed to kind of get in my butt and I needed to hear that. But I have people that right out of the gate, I'm like, I'm causing them undue stress. They are, they want to know what their problem is and they want me to clearly define that. And then they want to go try to fix it. So it's up to the coach, not the person to say, this person is different than this person and not just go over with a big brush, you know? So absolutely. And And I went through both, you know, I got so sick of it to where I just got tired of sports entirely because it was like, I'm getting my ass chewed whether I do good or not. So it was like, what's mm-hmm. the point in doing it? You know, luckily I didn't. Um, what's funny is I actually had the intention quitting, never doing it again when I moved with my mom. And then actually my best friend, the one that we got into that stuff at the party, um, he was the one who rode me in and he was just like, Hey brother, that's not you, you know? And I was just like, I'm not going to wrestle. He's like, that's not you. You're not that type person. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you're always setting goals. You're achieving them. You're working your ass off. This is exactly what you need because later on in life, you know, it's going to help you to where when shit gets tough, you're going to be able to handle it. So obviously you, you went through this as well, you know, and you're able to see full circle on both sides. So I'd say, you know, from you coaching, being the instructor there, you know, what is one thing that you're seeing when guys make it to the next level that separates them from the rest of the pack? Um, you know what, once you get to the high level and I've gotten to train with a lot of these guys and I, like I said, I think Marshall's going to be there soon. Um, these guys have a different way. I, I think that what separates these guys is mental toughness. I don't think it's really even, um, technical stuff. Like, um, I, it is technical. They're all technical at the highest levels, but these right. guys, um, can departmentalize things. They can departmentalize, um, hardships. They have a super short memory. Um, like I always um, say, you have to have such a short memory because if you lose the round one, the fight's still not over. And um, exactly. I never was that person. I Even when I was competing and fighting, um, I always was thinking, what I'm doing now is going to affect me for the next three years. And I don't think you can do that. I, like some of my fighters, they have such short memories, right? They lose a fight and they go, yeah, get back on the horse and get right back to the next one. And I wish I was like that. So what helps them in that area to reach the next level, I couldn't reach that next level doing that because I always think about the future. And I think you have to have a really short memory. You know, you got to celebrate if you win for 24 hours. You got to be mopey if you lose for 24 hours. And then you just got to get back on the horse because um, success is not a straight line. You know, it's that squiggly thing. And I've had a lot of ups and downs and uh, figuring some stuff out. 
And I think a lot of people, that's why it's awesome that you're 24 and you're already doing a podcast and you're already thinking about success and entrepreneurship, because um, I think that there's a big thing with the youth where they think that like, okay, I'll give you an example. I, right now I'm 45 years old and I'm driving a GT, a Porsche GT3, right? Ooh. Well, I could have never drove that car whenever I was your age. Um, but there's uh -huh. a process that you have to accept. There's there's not an immediate reward for this stuff. I started with $800 and I was already in my 30s when I started the business. So I didn't have that. So people see like you drive in a kind of car they want or living in a house that they would like to be in. And um, it's it's not real because there's a, there's a process that takes years and years to hone. And then you get into things like what kind of business do you want to be in? And are you talking to the right people? Um, I chose with fitness. We had our first gym, not to jump around too much, but we had our first fitness center. We did um, basically G and C type products out of it, um, protein and all that pre-workout and stuff. Um, and we had massage therapists. We had all this stuff. And um, we had 13 employees. And I realized that we were not making money and we were having a hard time. And we decided to only have one employee. That's what makes us special. We have one employee to run every one of our fitness centers. We do not sell anything except we watch the front door and make sure that that person has a phone on them at all times. They answer social media at all times. They keep the place clean. They sign people up and cancel memberships. That's our only job. So we really simplified it. So um, you really have to simplify jujitsu if you're doing it. you got to simplify um, a, a plan that you have. Um, a New Year's plan where you just say every year I'm going to do these goals. Don't make it too complicated. Make it simple. And um, then you need short-term goals, mid-term goals, and long-term goals. And I've got all those written down in my phone. And uh, you really have to be a laser beam. If you're going to be a flashlight in jujitsu, if you're going to be a flashlight in business, um, you can't be a jack-of-all-trades. So um, you can't mow your own yard. You can't weed eat your own yard. You can't pour your own cement. You have to say, what am I good at? And I'm going to multiply that as a laser beam as much as possible. Mike, I, I love your answer again, because um, this is all stuff I'm learning now. And Paul helped me, you know, he's, he reached out. To, or what's funny is I commented, you know, on podcasts, uh, power, power train, and I commented like on the the group, the group post, you know, and I was just like, Hey Zach, you know, you are, you're inspiring, um, for where you came from. I'm transitioning out of the military. And from there, Paul yeah. reached out to me, you know, when I built that relationship with him and, um, he's definitely done that. Like now he's sending me people and he's like, Hey bro, here you go. Here's this person for your podcast. And I'm just yeah, like, man, you know, but he's a great person. And it was one of those where it was like, no one's gonna, no one's gonna know what you're going to do you don't really know. And I was so consumed before um, what I'm not good at to where I didn't want to hone in. And then when I really realized it, you know, when talking to him, it was like, all I got to do is simplify. Just like you said, you know, one person to run it. In my case, it's getting the podcast and then getting people as yourself that have been there, done that. So if I don't know right now what I'm doing, if I'm not, you know, building that, I'm building the portfolio along the way. So if I do want to get into consulting later on, I can, you know, I've always love fitness industry. So that's an option. And now talking to you, you know, I'm able to know, okay, you know, it is feasible. It's tough. You know, there's a lot of angles to it. You know, you got to be able to figure it out, but you definitely can make that work. So I really appreciate you coming on the show, brother, and being able to talk today. Last thing I'll leave you with is um, what would you say to someone right now who's currently recalibrating their mindset, but they don't necessarily know where to go? 
They're just trying to start out on that journey. Yeah, um, that is an excellent question. Um, what I did was because I was taught to be an employee um, in school, they never teach you. There's nobody that can be a mentor in a school system for an entrepreneur. If you're wanting exactly. to go that route, there are ways that you can make money without having to work every single day at a job that you don't want to be at, right? Um, you you need to check out, um, you need to read some good books. Um, the first book that I read in 1997 was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's the one book go. everyone talks about where you understand, you know what I'm talking about, what an asset versus a liability is. And um, it really started honing me in and I started um, having all these side projects and going, wow, I can make up a teacher salary in one weekend by just doing this, you right? So um, read good books. And right now, as social media, there's podcasts like yours all over the place. There's there's stuff on YouTube. Grant Cardone is awesome. Um, Garrett Gunderson is awesome to listen to. There's so many people. But if you watch uh, music videos all day, not going to happen. If you watch exactly. sitcoms all day, not going to happen. Clean your mind up and start researching because there's never been an easier time in the history of man to be to get information and be rich. My man, Mike, that was powerful. And that's something as well that I've been doing. Um, I know with me, you know, it's content like that. And that book was dangerous for me because it clicked. Once I once I started yes. hearing that, I started just telling the wife, she's like, where the hell is this coming from? And I'm just like, <laughs> well, I mean, I've always wanted my own business, but the goal is not to work for somebody everywhere it, <laughs> all um, the time. And she was just like, what? And I'm like, well, what happens if you have an F you moment? And you're just like, I can't say it because I'm going to lose my job. Now I can't play my fucking mortgage. Versus if it's your own yeah. company, you're like, hey, if it's not working out right now, let's part. You know, we can be able to move on and work that way. Uh-huh. Versus, you know, being there every single day, grinding your ass off, not feeling that. Or I know with me, you know, it was just money and exchanging time mm-hmm. for money. And there was one time where a CEO walked out of a company I was at. And he was saying like, I'm losing money, this and that. And I got pissed, you know, and I'm like, that's probably something I should have done. Um, But he was talking about money. And my point is I'm making $14 an hour. So I got offended, you know, and it was just Mm -hmm. like, how are you going to be talking to me about you losing millions versus me fucking working for you for an hour for $14? Like, (laughs) there's no way you're going to be able to tell me, you know, and I get it. It was my fault in that position. I didn't get promoted. I didn't get my my mortgage broker license, but it was one of those things that clicked for me. And it was like, this guy over here has a... BMW i8. And it's like, yeah. why can't I have that? Like, what does he have that's yeah. different? You know, well, he was a good talker. You know, he was, a, he came, um, he was able to communicate, yeah. articulate with people, but it was, yeah. he did the same thing. You know, he left the company he was at to start his own thing. So I was like, if he's yeah. doing that, then maybe that's the hint for me. So it was podcast for is sure. going to be the first start. We're going to gain, you know, Good. people that we can work with now learning a tremendous amount. And it's, it's like yeah. every time I feel like, I'm confident and things are getting better. It's like, oh shit, you have that moment again, just like, you know, in jujitsu wrestling where it's like, all right, maybe I don't know, but that's great because I have so much more to improve. So I appreciate you, Mike, for coming on the show, brother. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I'll leave you with one thing. Um, When you take risk and, and you um, are an entrepreneur, like take me, for example, got a fitness center. I have to have 7,000 people fire me to lose my job. Most people have to have one. And there is risk, though. There's a, there's a cost to play that game, and it's risk. 
but you got to take it, especially while you're young. So if you need anything, you can always hit me up. I'd love to talk with you. If you got any questions business-wise or something that I can help out with, you reach out to me anytime. Awesome, brother. And then last thing before I forget, um, where can everybody find you if someone wants to get in touch with you and be able to learn from you, be able to go to your facilities where you located sure. at, brother? Um, we have um, trfitnesslocations.com, and they're all throughout um, Missouri, soon to be the Midwest. We do jujitsu awesome. at three of the locations. So um, we're on Facebook at each location. Um, there's classes that you can look up if you want to do jujitsu, Zumba, uh, yoga, Pilates. We have it all, including 24-hour gym. So trfitnesslocations.com. Hit us up. That is awesome, brother. I'm going to make my way out there eventually, and I'll let you know um, so we can formally meet and I can be able to check out this gym, brother. Get some workouts Hit me in. up. I would, love to, I would love to see you in person, brother. Awesome, brother. Well, thank you again. I appreciate you. Uh, you have a good one. Yo, I appreciate y'all for tuning in today. And if this podcast has helped you in any way, if it allowed you to put some tools on your tool belt, if it allowed you to open and expand those horizons, drop a five-star rating and leave an honest review. That way we can see how the podcast has helped you and how this podcast allowed you to get to the next level. Now, with the winner's paradigm, I'm going to roll out some tools to be able to help you guys get to that next motherfucking level. First thing is going to be Tattoo Aftercare. I go with Lucky 13s. Lucky 13's Tattoo Aftercare allows me to have my tattoos popping, be vibrant, allows me to express myself up to the fullest so I can be able to have that confidence to do whatever I put as I please, right? So you're definitely going to want to check out Lucky 13's Tattoo Aftercare. Promo code is Dizzle. Get 25% off. It's a no-brainer if you want to look good. Now, if you're looking to build a dominant brand in 14 days or less, my man Zach Babcock's an expert in this podcasting game. You're going to want to check out Podcast Power Moves Academy, Podcast Powertrain. You can't go wrong. Now, if you're looking to gain more clients for your business, gain some passive income, my man Aaron Davis at the Urban Astronauts, links also in the description, you can click on that. What he's able to do is garnish you more clients for your business and be able to allow you to make more money. So if I'm you, I don't know why you would want to make more money, definitely go on and check out Urban Astronauts. Now, if you're a podcaster who's looking to book and schedule guests onto your podcast, definitely check out Podmatch. I know that's something us podcasters deal with and it gets tough. So you're definitely going to want to check that out if you want to make your life easier. I've been doing it. It's a no brainer. Now, if you're looking into plant-based medicine, but you don't know where to start, Rafa 180 is perfect. You can call them up, let them know what you're interested in. Um, hey, I need CBD to go to sleep, for instance, and they're going to be able to guide you with that correct product that's going to help you out for your needs. So definitely call Rafa 180, links in the description. Check out their website to see what kind of products can be able to change your life. Now, if you're looking for video content or laser engraving, you're going to want to hit up my man, Eric Allen Media. We actually had him on the show. Wonderful guest. He's an expert in doing video content and laser engraving. Man does phenomenal work. He's going to knock your socks off. Definitely check him out. Now, if you're looking into credit repair, business credit, life insurance, 401k rollovers, small business consulting, tax services, retirement planning, immigration services, business funding, or financial literacy classes, A-plus financial solutions is for you. I'm going to drop them down below in the description. 
They're doing so much out there for their community, expanding horizons. If you want to get to that next level, don't know where to start. A Plus Financial Solutions is where you're going to be able to be. Now, for me, um, if you go to the winnersparadigm.xyz slash contact, you can be able to fill out a little inquiry there. Let me know exactly what you need, any questions you have, and I can direct you. I can let you know, hey, this is someone I have in my network who's going to be able to take care of you um, and set you up for success. So definitely fill that out. I'll take some time to be able to help you with whatever your needs are, and we can get you to that next level. As always, this is your boy in Lundis. It was a pleasure speaking every day. Um, I love being on the show, giving you that raw content, giving you those stories that actually matter, people who've been there, done shit so you know exactly people understand where you're coming from keep fucking working every single day you got this